Welcome to the Extraordinary Women Podcast, where we are all about supporting women over 40 to create and live a fabulous next chapter. You are in a unique generation of women, unlike any before you, with opportunities and longevity that means it's time to intentionally design your fabulous next chapter rather than just live it. That is what the Extraordinary Women magazine and podcast are all about. Let's get started. Am I the only one who sometimes has no idea what to do next? Midlife is filled with questions and choices. It's a great time of our lives, but in many ways, we're also sort of like college students again with that multitude of options in front of us. And frankly, we can get just as stuck, just as confused by all those options as we did when we were 20 years old. Over and over, I hear women talk about, I should know the answer to this. I should know which direction to go. Maybe I shouldn't do that as they start to share what they're questioning, what they're dealing with. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Extraordinary Women Magazine podcast. I'm Sherry Harmel, Editor-in-Chief of the Extraordinary Women Magazine, as well as your host for this podcast. The Extraordinary Women Magazine is the only digital and print magazine and podcast with the mission to help women like you create and live a fantastic next chapter. So we're back to that midlife uncertainty. Yes, it's crazy. It's confusing. It's interesting. Midlife can sometimes also be sad and sometimes joyful, right? It's the full gamut of emotions. But out of that uncertainty often are these questions. You know, when someone says, I don't know what to do next, I start to hear questions. And the side hustle questions I hear are, is it the right time to start my business idea? What should be the first step if the answer is yes, it's the right time? How the heck do I manage a virtual team that's spread out all over the country, maybe all over the world? And then how do I find those good people to help me with things like social media, technology, my podcast, whatever it is? How much of my savings should I invest in starting my business? Because starting things always has an upfront charge, right? You're not profitable the moment you roll out of bed. And then there are those health questions. Am I eating healthy enough? Am I exercising enough? Another one I hear is the the fact that I'm forgetting things. Is that a sign of something worse coming down the pipe? Then there are those relationship questions because we're often... You know, midlife, we're often in the middle, middle of aging parents, adult children, there's maybe grandchildren. My kids are all grown. This is what I hear. My kids are all grown. Do I dare to even move part time to that place I've always dreamed of living most of my life? How do I oversee my parents' issues, my kids' needs, and still honor my dreams? Another one is why do I always think? that I'm going to have the time for me after I take care of everyone else's issues. Midlife. Yay for midlife. It's messy, it's bumpy, it's uncertain. 
And yet we're supposed to be, you know, what they call women of a certain age. Well, I don't think there's anything certain about it. So what do you do with that uncertainty? First, know that you are not alone. Now, we women are wired differently than men. We all know that. We often worry that things that haven't happened or, you know, about things that haven't happened or maybe something that may never happen, but we still worry. Now, most men don't do that. And I'm generalizing here, but the emotional makeup of men is very different from women. Therefore, trying to plan out the next chapter of your life with your partner, if your partner happens to be a man, is probably not going to be very fulfilling, let's say. And that will often lead you to feel alone and lead you to think, oh gosh, I should know the answers here. I want to encourage you to share with other women. Share with other women how you're feeling and ask them questions because they'll share back and their shares will help you to recognize that you're not alone. You will hear also, you know, what are, what are the things that they're dealing with that you're not dealing with? It helps to broaden your perspective. How are they balancing the older parent with their own dreams and plans? Now, in all of these shares, you're not necessarily asking for answers. You're not giving answers. You're looking for camaraderie. And you will also feel much more relaxed with the fact that you don't know what's next when you realize other women are feeling exactly the same way. And that opens up all kinds of possibilities and creativity. Just like when you were a teenager, remember back, you used to think things, you know, whatever the problem was, a particular issue of that particular moment, you think you were the only person who was thinking that way. And that would make the issue get really big, right? It like was all encompassing. Well, talking with others who are dealing with similar issues will normalize the problems and will let you relax so that your creativity can come forward as you start to figure out what is it I want to try next. And that leads me to point number two, accept that you are just going to have to try some things out. And that means there might be some wins and there might be some fails, but you have to try them out to see how that flies. Just recently, I did a video where the question was, what did you invest in prior to your big launch? And my answer actually was, I invested in failure. I launched a course before I was ready. I started a Facebook group before I was ready. I did lives before I was ready. But all of that helped me to get a handle or a greater understanding, I should say, on my target market my target audience, which is women, 40 plus. I had to work it out to see, hey, what was I good at? What did I enjoy? And what did what did my clients or what did my customers want? What did women our age really want? What were they dealing with? Now, we might say, gosh, life is one big, long experiment and there's going to be wins and there's going to be some failures and you would be absolutely right. As you all know, I moved back after my short stint in Minneapolis where I thought I was going to create this home base for my children. 
and they actually found lovely partners and moved a distance away. So that was an experiment. That was a three-year experiment. I moved back to Boston. What did I do? I moved to the seaport area of Boston, which is a very new area. Used to be only wharfs where ships came in. So there were warehouses that ultimately became surface parking lots. About 10 years ago, it was redeveloped and is constantly still in development. But it looks more like uh, New York in many ways or parts of Florida than old historic Boston. I thought that would be great. It would be a wonderful change. And I like decorating. I like moving and I like decorating, as crazy as that sounds. So what did I do? I bought a condo in one of the new buildings in the seaport area. I decorated it, which I absolutely loved. And suddenly I have realized that my peeps are not here. You know, I'm not techie, I'm not young, and I'm not hip. (laughs) So in many ways, I don't fit here. And in fact, I'm an expensive Uber drive away from where my peeps are, which is back in the back bay and Beacon Hill. Now, that might be deemed a complete failure, but yet, what did I do in that time period? I learned some things about myself, and I also got to really embrace the fact that I love decorating. I love taking a space and making it better. Exactly the same in my world of coaching. I would take possibilities or take a person where they are and help them to get to where they want to be. That's what the magazine is all about. You know, I'm like, okay, this is fine. This is okay. So accepting that it might be a little bit of a failure and it might be a whole lot of win. Same goes for people I've hired to work on my team. The negative of virtual teams is that you don't get in front of them as often as you would if you had an in-person team. And I have learned that I need to have in-person contact, not necessarily in-person, but at least Zoom contact with people uh, once a week so that I know we're all on the same page. There are so many reasons why virtual teams are fantastic for starting and growing a side hustle or a full-time business. But what no one talks about is how to manage them. And only you are the manager. Now, just like I described my housing situation, some of my hires have been fabulous and others have not been. So whether it's personal or professional, one of the things that I've learned is that if you listen to your gut, you'll eventually know if you are living in the right place, starting the right business, or hiring the right person. That said, sometimes your gut says, ah, come see, come saw, meaning it isn't good or bad. And that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that maybe your body doesn't have enough information to tell you what is the right path, what is the next step. So to get the needed information, you have to dive in. You have to take action. You have to do something. That means you have to move. You have to decorate. You have to hire the person. You have to try the course, launching a course. You have to, you know, start your e-business, whatever that might be. You have to take action. 
to get the information that you need in order to help you to get the certainty that you want. Are you going in the right direction? Number three, I want you to think and plan outside the box. <laughs> now, that's a pretty, you know, common statement. Think outside the box, but we're often only inside boxes that we ourselves have created or allowed to exist. So I encourage you to rip open the box and think about how something could be managed differently. Remember the old serenity prayer, give me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. In other words, let go of them. Grant me the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Focus in on what you can change. And that often means you have to get out of your box of certainty and step into that what if, the possibilities that are outside the box. So let me give you an example. Aging parents usually means you need help. You can't do it all. It feels lovely to be needed, but caring for aging parents is a very heavy load. Talk to your siblings. Talk to others who are dealing with the same issues. Could there be co-ops, sort of like homeschooling co-ops, that are created outside of the family so that you can have days when you're on and days when you're off? If you need emotional support, because it's, from what I hear, it is very tough work. What if you created a little mastermind group of like-minded women, women who are trying to care for aging parents at the same time as, you know, pursuing their own dreams and goals? You could meet once a week to share ideas and resources. The point of all of this is how do you find ways to manage the demands on your time? It works so much better if you let yourself think creatively. Yes, you need to take care of yourself so that you can support others. But we're focusing in on your time here because time can't be purchased. You can never get more time in a day. So let's think about how are you spending your time? Are there changes that can be made so that you can spend more time on what it is that you want to create in this chapter of your life? That someday conversation needs to be gone. Truly. We're running out of time. No more some days. Another example. Very few parents today live where their adult children live. I don't. Most of my friends don't. And yet we all feel a desire, I should say, strong desire to connect with them and feel connected to them. Now, visiting someone that's a distance away requires usually pretty good time as well as resources. And I often find that when I go and visit my kids and my grandkids in Minnesota, my time is so hectic that I never have those moments to just sit and talk to anybody. Remember those times that we had with your own grandparents and even your parents? Those random conversations that you'd have over coffee that we probably all enjoyed? Well, it's really hard to do that when your children live a distance and you have to travel to go see them. You get all caught up in the doing of that particular visit. Well, to counter that, I've started sending emails. Yes, emails. Even though both of my kids prefer texting. But texting 
is incredibly limiting. It's bullets, it's acronyms for emotions and communications, emojis. It doesn't work for me. That love, that little, you know, heart that you see, the heart emoji, doesn't say as much as a letter or a sentence in an email that explains why I love you. And, you know, when I do those kind of texting experiences, I'm always left feeling a little bit empty. And I have found that I love nothing more than letters. You know, that lovely show, Finding Your Roots, that's on PBS. They're always reading letters from ancestors, you know, that are off at war or travel to another part of the world, because America, of course, is a country of immigrants. Newspaper clippings. Well, years ago, I found the letters my family had sent me on one of my away Girl Scout camp excursions. Honestly, they were so fun and sweet to read. So maybe we don't send paper letters if that's not your jam, but why not emails? Share your thoughts, your dreams, your ideas, your love with the people that you love, but do it via email. Now, do it, but don't expect a response. Do it just to communicate feelings. And I say that because recently I sent my son my thoughts on some issues that he was, you know, in response to some issues that he's going through currently with his children. And I rambled on. (laughs) I even sent him a book that I had talked about in the email. I heard nothing back. And my brain went to, oh, no, Sherry, you stepped over the line. Well, a while later, I said something else. But this time I did it via text and I apologized for the email. My son responded immediately and said, I so very much appreciate your insight. Bingo! We had a connection that was more valuable for me than it, than it could have possibly been getting on an airplane and doing a, you know, a dinner visit with a multitude of people going in and out. So technology has changed our lives in so many ways, but it's also created ways for us to, you know, be creative as to how we connect with others, thinking outside the box. Now, what if you, you know, take your idea, your dream, what it is that you want and ask yourself, hmm, how could I get there? Doing it a little bit differently to accommodate whatever else is going on in your life. Just a side note, there were two different business ideas that came up in this conversation. One, why doesn't somebody create a virtual team specialist kind of directory? And number two, why doesn't somebody create a mastermind for adults with aging parents? Outside the box, ladies, is where all the jewels are. Number four, Let go of caring what others think. This sounds so easy. And we think, myself included, I, you know, oh, I've got this mastered. But I want to give you a silly example of how I, I did not master it. I was recently in New York City because I wanted to see two plays, Funny Girl with Leah Michelle, which was incredible, and Leopoldstadt, which is a play play. It was heart wrenching, actually was so beautiful. I stayed at the Whitby Hotel, which is one of Kit Kemp's U.S. hotels. 
because as you all know, I love Kit Kemp and stay in her one of her London hotels all the time. What was cool is it was the same kind of layout, same decorating styles, same towels, scents, etc. That felt really good, but that's on a different podcast. But when I travel, my brain, for whatever reason, is super creative. I write like a maniac. <laughs> well, there's that saying, something about when you travel, you step into the real you. That is true for me. It's like, it allows me to zero in and focus in on all kinds of things. And I think of options and think outside the box in ways that I never would do sitting in my apartment or sitting in an office. Well, after arriving at the hotel, I thought I should go out and see New York City. That's what tourists do, right? So off I went. I admired the few and far between buildings of beauty that uh, I was walking up Fifth Avenue, actually, and there's a few of the old buildings um, still remaining. And I was comparing it to Paris, not nearly as pretty, yet some of those older historic buildings truly are incredible. I, I wish that more of them had been saved. But as I walked up Fifth Avenue, I went into Bergdorf Goodman's and beautiful, beautiful building. And I thought, you know, the building is so gorgeous. I want to see inside. So I went through the circulating door and I landed in the handbag area. One luxury brand after another. Now, I walked over to Goyard, which is a French brand that I was acquainted with from Paris. And I heard one customer ask the saleswoman, how much is it? And the saleswoman answered, 26. Hmm, I thought, that's an odd answer. Then I wandered to a different area of that particular section. And I heard another customer ask the same question to a different saleswoman, and that saleswoman answered 14. And I'm wondering, what the heck does that mean? 14,000 or 1,400? I've never heard answers like that before. <laughs> I don't know. Creative answering? I have no idea. So confused, I wandered over to, I'm going to not pronounce this correctly, Loro Piana, who is a brand that is now owned by LVMH. It's a classic brand that I've always loved because the designs are classic, but they have the most gorgeous fabrics you have ever touched. I was looking at one of the capes, touching it, and a salesman came out of the back room area. He gave me this once over and immediately dismissed me. He actually spun around and went back to his little area without even saying hello. Now, I was in a perfectly presentable Eileen Fisher wool coat, but nothing probably close to an 8 or a 26 or whatever that means. And obviously, I was judged to not be worth that salesman's time. I felt more than a little insecure. And I thought, gosh, I just want to go back to the hotel and write. So I left the store. Walking out on the street, I thought to myself, but you're a tourist, Sherry. Shouldn't you be doing something? So I continued up Fifth Avenue, 
saw the Plaza Hotel and got to the start of Central Park. And all of a sudden, I decided that I didn't really want to explore what I had seen so many times before. But I was kind of berating myself. And I thought, everyone's going to think I'm a nut if I never leave the hotel. I even criticized myself in my head and said, you know, Sherry, how can you travel to New York City and not shop? But the bottom line is that I took the train from Boston to New York City to see two plays. Go out for dinner, stay in one of Kit Kit Camp's hotels, which is like a second home for me, and pull in all that creativity I get when I travel. That's it. What the hotel staff thinks of me is irrelevant. They see so many people, I doubt they even know I'm here. So, what a dork I am. I am too old for any of this nonsense. I have a plan, and I'm working the plan in a way that makes me happy. So, ladies, try, and it takes constant vigilance to stop caring what other people might think and let go of all those shoulds. We also have no idea what anyone really thinks unless we ask them, right? About those shoulds, you know, grant, we'll go back to the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept what I cannot change. And that starts with other people's thinking as well as societal pressures. You know, those voices, as a mother, you should, as a wife, you should, as a woman over 40, you should. As a woman over 50, you should. Blah, blah, blah. None of it is important. Remember, you are embracing the courage to change what you can control. You can write your own story. You can design your own path. You just have to get moving and do the things that take you to where it is that you want to go. Think outside the box. Let yourself get super creative in all the possibilities, but start doing. Everything, everything, everything becomes clearer when you start doing. Ladies, the Extraordinary Women podcast and magazine are all about supporting you. We are a new generation of women who are not going to quietly fade into our next chapters. Instead, We are determined to design a fabulous one. Well, inside the Extraordinary Women magazine are articles on creating and growing side hustles, but also travel, style, relationships, as well as the all-important self-care. A subscription to the Extraordinary Women magazine is free, so don't hesitate, don't procrastinate, don't say I'll do that tomorrow. Subscribe now. Thank you for joining us today, and I look forward to our next Extraordinary Women podcast. Have a great week, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Abiento.